This may seem like a silly question, but how much do you love or even accept yourself? Can you only appreciate the perfectly photoshopped version of you? Many people don't feel like they deserve their own love or even know what it means. If any of this describes you, you'll want to stick around and hear from our guest today. We'll be joined by fitness and lifestyle transformation coach, London Souza. She's also the host of the Self Love and Sweat podcast. She will share why self-love is so important and give you some simple steps to take your relationship with yourself and others to the next level. This is The Fit Mess, conversations with world-class experts in the fields of mental, physical, and emotional health. In this episode, this is what you should be doing. It's you taking the time to show up to figure out what works for you. And that goes for fitness and nutrition and habits and all the things. But I think that so often people think, okay, I have to do it this way. And if I don't, I'm a failure. Now here are your hosts, Zach and Jeremy. Welcome to the Fit Mess sponsored by Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash fit mess to learn more. And we'll tell you more about their free offer later in the show, but for now, Thanks for listening while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing right now. I'm Zach and he's Jeremy. And together, we're two vulnerable guys helping you overcome struggles to achieve your mental and physical wellness goals. If you're sick of your own shit and ready to make a change, you are in the right place. Today, we're talking about self-love and what it takes to be at least a little more content in your own skin. So Zach, we talk all the time on this show about being vulnerable and let's get into it. How much do you love yourself? In order to, to really answer that question, we have to understand the, the concept of peaks and valleys, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, some days I am madly in love with myself and I, and I can do no wrong. And other days I'm the biggest piece of shit in the world. Some days I'm right in the middle, but I would say probably 80, 90% of the time I do love myself and I am very content with who I am. But that's kind of relatively new, like in the grand scheme of my 40 years on this planet, that's only been like the last 25% of it, right? For most of my life, I hated myself and thought that I was the biggest piece of shit in the world, as reflected in the comments that I got from my parents and my family. So it, it's a relatively new thing, a mindset that I had to change. But that, that the first 30 years of my life, sometimes that comes back and, and gets me on days for sure. How about you? Uh, my self-love is very conditional. There's no unconditional love over here. If I, if I wake up and I don't feel great, you know, I start immediately judging why. I look in the mirror. Some days I'm okay. Some days I'm just disgusted. Uh, and then, of course, more judgment flares up. But, you know, over the years I've gotten to a point of acceptance, uh, but I'm still very much on a path to love. I always have to remind myself, if anyone I know talk to themselves the way I talk to myself, I would have to tell them, like, you're crazy. Like, of course... That's the worst possible thing you could say to yourself. You got to turn that around. You got to change your perspective. You got to look at the glass half full, as someone likes to remind yes. me a lot. So I try and remember that, you know, when, when I, like you, feel like just a piece of crap that shouldn't be walking the face of the earth. But like you, this is a, a, new, a new journey for me. This has only been something I've even been aware of in the last, like you said, quarter of my life. Before that, it was a lot of just conditioning and, and messages from childhood that, that I either picked up or developed myself along the way, or whatever. But what's also interesting, like you talked about yourself and how you feel like 80 to 90% of the time you feel pretty good about yourself. From the outside, I think most people would say, oh, that guy's got it together. I think <laughs> even for me, a lot of people would say, oh, that guy, he's figured it out. But yeah. they don't know the, the 10, 20, 48% of the time when, when that doesn't represent the truth, at least in our heads. It, you know, I really do feel like it's just so normal, right? I mean, everyone is walking around feeling like crap occasionally, yeah. some more than others, 
but that's just the way everyone is. So it, it really just reemphasizes that it don't judge a book by its cover, right? You know, everyone's got this, right? There, there's no person on the planet that's happy all the time. But if you feel like you're feeling down more so than, than you are feeling up, there are ways to overcome it. It takes a little bit of time, takes a, a, you know, a change in your you know, speech to yourself. One of the things I like to do, I've got a 10-year-old daughter, and when I say something in my head about myself, like I've got this little trigger now that when, when that happens, I think to myself, would I say that to my daughter, mm-hmm. right? And nine times out of 10, I would never say it to my daughter. Right. Actually, probably 99 times out of 100. Yeah. Yet I say it to myself. The other trick that you taught me, actually, for those that are listening that maybe don't have a kid and don't have that, that point of view, is to you know, either carry around or imagine a picture of yourself as a child and imagine mm-hmm. these things that I'm saying to myself now, would I say it to that kid? And it's just, mm-hmm. it's incredible how when, when you create a little distance from the feeling or the message you're sending to yourself and who you're delivering it to, you can really find more clarity and, and decide how much truth there is in that comment. <laughs> you know, I, I always like to walk into therapist's office and be like, I know my shit. I know what I'm doing here. And I, I remember one therapist I had years ago and I said, I felt a certain way. And she was like, well, let's talk about the evidence of that. Let's, let's yes. look for evidence of that. Yes. And I, that, that changed my life. And I use that with my daughter. Whenever I have a thought or a feeling, I do ask myself that, okay, let's, let's take a step back. Where's the evidence that how I'm feeling or what I'm perceiving to be happening is true. So when I have a thought of like, I am the laziest person in the world because I didn't do something, there's not a whole lot of evidence of me being lazy. Like I'm busy and I do a lot of stuff, but it's really more overwhelm and time management issues. It's not being lazy. So that changed my life was to really just take a step back and look, where's the evidence that this thought is true, that it's actually true. And it's funny, I've had those conversations with therapists and with friends, and so often they'll be the the voice of reason saying, well, that's not true because I saw you, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I can very easily go, yeah, but, you know, there's, there's always a yeah, but to anything or, you know, yeah, but still you don't know because you don't know what it's like in here, but yeah, but, or, but anyways, or whatever is always just uh, this defense mechanism. You have to find a way to stop listening to yeah, but, and listen to the evidence, the actual evidence and not the story that you've told yourself about whatever the nonsense is you're trying to harm yourself with. So how do you cultivate self-love? No one can make you do it just like you can't fall in love because someone asked you to, but you can begin by taking small steps of kindness that feel healing for you. For some advice on where to start, we talked with the host of the self-love and sweat podcast, London Souza. We started by asking her about where her drive to help others comes from. I've been really active my whole entire life when it comes to fitness. I started playing sports and all those types of things as a kid. And then I just really fell in love with fitness. And I began personal training when I was in college. I just really enjoyed moving and I really enjoyed moving with other people. And so I just started training my classmates. Some of my teachers would join. We'd go meet and run the stairs, do all this kind of fun stuff. And fitness was a really great outlet for me. And it was a really great tool. And I can say that now because at the time it was really like 
the thing, right? I think we can find a moment in our lives where we thought about like, okay, fitness, I need to do all the workouts, make everything perfect and just show up for this. And if I can just look good on the outside, I feel good on the inside too. And so to, to that point is really, I, I realized fitness is just a tool and it is something that can help you gain confidence and feel good in your body and gain energy and clarity and focus and all those things. But I really realized that it wasn't just about working out. It was also about working in. And so that's kind of where I am now. I'm a life coach. I help high-performing uh, women from all over the world, get their mind right, their body tight and love their life. And I just love helping people realize that saying like, okay, we might be banging our heads up against the wall of like, okay, should I be doing keto, vegan, this workout plan, this workout of the day, like all the things. And I just really love to help women kind of ground down and root down in their why and really get clear on like what, how they want to show up. When you get that body, what does that mean for you? What does that look like for you? How are you going to use that physical body to execute your purpose and do what sets your soul on fire? That's what I say there. And so my coaching now has really evolved. Yeah. A lot of people know me for fitness, but you can find me on YouTube with millions of views from you know, how to foam roll to this workout to lift your booty. But I really love helping people kind of address that inner muffin top, right? We're always kind of like picking at our physical bodies here, but I just love helping um, people just, yeah, come into their genius, come into their superpower and then using fitness as a tool, right? We can't just like sit back and not move and not work out because there's so many benefits to, to working out and to moving our bodies. And so now the way I coach is, yeah, we'll do a little fitness mindset work, but really what I love the most is having habits and routines and self-talk and really how you're dealing with yourself regularly on a day-to-day -day basis and what you're doing to actually become the person that you say you want to be. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So in your coaching experience, you've worked with lots and lots of people. There must be some common threads that, that come up often, similar challenges that people bring to you and, and you help them overcome them. What are some of the top things that, that people come to you with that they're struggling with? Yeah, great question. And I think that's great that you pointed it out because we're all very much more similar than I think that we care to believe. Oftentimes it's like, oh, I'm so alone in the way that I feel like this. No one else can really feel that way. And while people are unique in their experiences, of course, there's so much common ground, right? And I think a lot of the people that come to me, it's like they have this desire, they know they're meant for more, but it's just like things are all over the place, crazy busy on a hamster wheel, trying to do more is more is more all the time. And a lot of people come to me and they're like, I am just at a point where I need to slow down and I need to stop and like figure out kind of what that next step is. But without that coaching and without that support, I just can't do it on my own. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a chronic student myself. I say I'm, I'm always, I always have coaches and I'm always trying to be that student and up level there. And so when people come to me, it's really like, okay, I've gotten to this great level in my life. I really am proud of where I am so far, but there's more. I know I can squeeze the juice out of me a little bit more. And yeah, I grew up in a, in a family where more was more was more. And the more you worked. And I remember being so excited to tell my grandpa, I'm working seven days a week. I'm going to school. Like I had a long list of all my dues. And I think that a lot of people have that list of all the things that they've done, whatever, but they're not feeling fulfilled. And so, yeah, I think that's a really common ground that people come to me on. It's like, I'm doing all the things, or I think I'm doing all the things right. And they just need a different perspective, a little shift 
And that's kind of where I come in. And like I said, I'm a student too. So I'm continuing to do that work within myself as well, because yeah, we all have things that are holding us back or making us feel stuck. And we get to a point where it's just like, okay, I'm either going to throw in the towel and just give up or I'm going to step up and I'm going to get a coach and I'm going to kind of do that thing and get it, get out of my comfort zone and do the uncomfortable next step. And so I don't think anyone wants to do that alone. Or if you've ever experienced coaching or even teaming up with a friend or whatever, it's just so much better when you're in community and you have that support to be like, Hey, like I'm in this point, I'm, I'm, I've hit this roadblock. Okay. How can we kind of navigate that, um, together? And so, yeah, I mean, some people come stuck in their fitness, stuck in their relationships, stuck in their jobs, stuck in the more is more mentality, whatever, but they're just like in this place where I need to take that next step, but I'm not really sure where it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we team up together and help people break down barriers. And I love it. That's awesome. I loved how you said earlier, working out and working in. And as we were doing some research about you, I I saw you reference self-love on, on multiple occasions. And I wanted to ask you about that because that's working in, of course. And I know I took, Ooh, it took me a long time to get to self-love and it's not a, a, you know, quick process. So I I would love to hear more about that from your perspective. What is self-love? And if we're not there, how do we get there? Yeah. And I can honestly say too, I don't know if we ever like get there. It's just a continuous process. It's continuing to show up despite your circumstances, continuing to show up despite how you might be feeling on that particular day. And I think the way I really got into self-love is really through self-talk and through our thoughts and habits. And I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, but he's absolutely changed my life. And his book, Becoming Supernatural, changed my life. I had the opportunity to go to one of his uh, week-long retreats in Cancun um, last November. And it was just absolutely life-changing because we, according to his research, have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. And 90% of them are the same as yesterday. And like 80% of them are negative. And I just think that self-love is really um, that awareness of our thoughts and knowing, hey, we are not our thoughts and saying like, okay, just because I have had this story doesn't mean that I can't change it. And I think that self-love, at least for me, is being like, hey, like, I can change at any time that I want to. If I don't like how a certain circumstance is, I can change that. And that's okay if I've messed up along the way or had some hiccups where I'm like, dang girl, like you could have fixed that a long time ago, but having that compassion and having that love for myself through that has been very, very powerful. And just kind of, yeah, leaning into the process and knowing self-love for me is a lot of um, self-compassion and just like giving me a break. Like I said, I was a more is more is more all the things person, right? And being able to step back and being like, your enough is enough. If you feel like every day you're showing up as your best, like that is enough. And self-love in my my model of the world is also like a, a bath with essential oils and self-care and a nice mud mask and all those things. But I think ultimately it's like that self-acceptance. But I don't know if we ever get to a point where we're like, I accept me. But it's like every day, I just feel like through the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza and the deep meditations I've been able to experience. And then also through just like better next level relationships with my friends and family and things like that. And just kind of learning kind of where some of these things that you maybe used to beat yourself up on, like where they come from and just kind of having a little bit more appreciation of that. For me, that's kind of how I define self-love is just kind of like every day, like 
like I massage my own shoulders. Like you're doing a good job, girl. Like you're showing up and it's okay if you didn't get all the things done that you thought you were going to do. And it's okay if now your, your, your version of success and version of you doesn't have anything to do with what you're doing. That doesn't mean that that past version of yourself or all of that doesn't count or whatever. Like it all happened kind of for a reason. And so I think that just like embracing that journey and embracing who you are and then continuing to surround yourself with people who, who do that too, I think has been very valuable and important. So you mentioned like, how do we get there? Well, it's definitely not alone. It requires alone time, right? But I think a lot of people suffer in silence with our thoughts and with all these things that happen. And I think that that real freedom comes when we're sharing that with other people and really being open and vulnerable in great spaces with great people. You just hit on a word that means a lot to us on this show, especially as a couple of guys who talk a lot about our feelings and our struggles and things like that. Vulnerability is huge. How, how does that uh, come into your coaching practice? How do you uh, help people to experience vulnerability in a way that benefits them? Yeah, I think that the way that I help people is just kind of through my actions in my coaching. And I will say it like me explaining, hey, it's not just about saying like, motivation is a feeling and it might, you might have it sometimes, or you might not. It's really like, I sometimes say like taking, like exposing my brain and being like, Hey, this is what the dialogue that's going on in my, my mind right now. And yeah, what happens from when I get out of bed to like, do my workout? No, I don't just get up and click my heels and go. Some mornings are like that. So for me, vulnerability in my coaching and what I feel like has helped my clients really open up a little bit more is that when they realize we're all human and we're all just doing our best to show up. And yeah, I just find myself like the, the most exposed I feel is when I'm able to explain that and say, Hey, yeah, no, this is the thought that creeps in my brain. And this is how I kind of reverse that. And here's like a magnifying glass and to really like all of that, I think in personal development, fitness, whatever, it's like, there's just so much like chunked up information, which I think is really important. But I think when we can really chunk it down and be like, Hey, this is my narrative when someone says this, and this is how I might be triggered in certain situations. And just kind of being open um, to share that, I think for me, that makes me feel really vulnerable because for the longest time, I felt like I needed to do all the things and that if I was struggling, that that was bad. And so now I feel like, okay, I don't need to do all the things. It's okay if I did nothing. I might have a thought that creeps into my brain that says, you really did nothing today, London. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. I can, and it's kind of like this duality when I think right. sharing that duality is my my way of being vulnerable and how I, I share that. that with my clients. So I want to talk about habits for a second. I think a lot more about my future self than my future self thinks of me because when it comes time to execute on what I've planned and what I want to do, the vulnerability kicks in, right? And I either don't want to do it, or I feel like I can't do it, or I shouldn't do it. So when we do have those vulnerable moments and we're really trying to build a habit, like how can we get around the vulnerability and, and just habits in general? I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on how you can build those. Yeah. Habits are so important and making sure that we have habits that are coherent to the person that we want to become, right? We can't say, I want to be this person, but then we're not acting in a way as if that person 
would act. And so I love that you said, like you spend time thinking about your future self. And sometimes we feel really stuck. And what's that next step? What's that next step? And I had a, a really real example the other morning. It was like, I woke up, I was feeling in a funk. It would have been really easy for me to let all those other thoughts and other things creep in and get out of the way of, or get in the way of me doing the thing, whatever that thing was. So I literally was talking to myself. I can't remember if it was internally or out loud. Cause sometimes it's just kind of a mixture <laughs> of both, but I was like, okay, London, who's the person you want to be and what would she do next? Okay. She'd get out of bed, got out of bed. What would she do next? Go downstairs, drink warm water with apple cider vinegar and lemon. Okay. Boom. Going downstairs. Boom. Making that. Okay. What would she do next? Okay. Laundry. I did laundry yesterday. Okay. I really like to lean into the power of the mundane. I coach that a lot. It's like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. If like all your personal shits in a shit storm, like you're probably a lot of areas of your life might be that way too. So I was like, okay, go get your laundry. And then I, I sat the laundry down and I was like, okay, what would she do next? Okay. She'd move. She'd get her body moving. Okay, cool. Peloton in this next room. I grabbed my socks out of the clean laundry basket, put my socks on, was about to walk to the Peloton. But then I was like, would she leave her clean laundry in the basket undone? No, she wouldn't. Okay. Put that away, girl. So I got all my stuff, put it together. Right. And then, yeah, I just kind of went through those steps. It was like, what would she do next? And then eventually I got to a point where it was like, okay, what would I do next? It was mm -hmm. kind of like that future self and who I was trying to, mm -hmm. you know, came together. And it was like, okay, that is me. That is who you are. It's just that for a moment, you kind of forgot. You got a little stuck. You got a little sidetracked. You know, you had a moment and like, that's cool. We all have moments, but I think that's really helpful in terms of like habits. It's just thinking about, okay, who do you say you want to be? And are your actions congruent with it? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the that's the end all be all. It's like, if you're not where you say you want to be, let's, let's time audit. Let's check your calendar. What have you been doing? What have you been thinking? Have you been, you know, checking your thoughts and checking yourself? If not, then that's where you're going to be. And that's where you're going to stay. And so I think when it comes to habits and routines like that, it's so powerful just to kind of lean into that next step and what would they do next? And what would they do next until you get to a point where you're like, okay, that's me. Here I am. Here I am. I'm back into kind of that, that persona or that, yeah, I'm back into that person that I want to be. And I think that sometimes that makes people uncomfortable because it's like, okay, is that like fake it till you make it? No, it's just like owning up to who you want to be and then doing the thing till you get to that point. And for some people, like when it comes to fitness, health and wellness, a space I've been in for a while, it's like that next step is like the next step with your foot. It's like, get outside with your right foot, then step out with your left foot and then like go for that walk or do that workout or whatever that might be there. And so, yeah. And I think it also takes time to think about, okay, who do I want to be? Who do I want to become? And how do I want to feel regularly? And so through the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza and meditation and stuff, I regularly visit that future self and who I want to be and who I want to become. And then I kind of look at, and I check yourself. It's like, girl, you say you want to be that, well, you're not doing that. So how can we add that in? Mm -hmm. And then a very tactical example that I like to use is habit stacking. So if I get really good at something and then I'm like, okay, I want to add that in. I'll generally like put it together. So like a really, an example I can give is like, we put a garden outside and I was like kind of forgetting to water it. So I was like, okay, what's something you do every day? Okay. I go and I make my coffee. So it was like, boom, coffee means go outside and water the plants. Boom. Habit stack, right? Mm -hmm. It's something I'm going to do regardless is have my coffee, but I just kind of train my brain to remember like coffee, go water the plants. And so then I just start to kind of like stack things on top of each other or try to like habit stack, if you will, just to kind of make it a little bit more simple or else we end up with a long list of to-dos and we're not sure like when we're going to do them. So I feel like that's helpful or a helpful tool is that habit stacking. Yeah, you explained that really well. And, and I think that leads into the question that I was most hoping to ask you about today. And it is about doing those little things that to be the person we want to be. 
I've been more physically active in the last few months than I have been in a long time. And awesome. we, we recently moved to an area where we have a gym. And I finally got off my butt and went over and got into the gym. And I realized, oh, right, I hate this. This is not fun. This is miserable. I don't want to spend my time repetitively doing the same things over and over again when I could go outside and go for a hike or go for a run, like do something to to enjoy nature. So is this just a mindset thing for me? Do I need to just convince myself that if I go enough that it will become a habit and I'll love the gym and my body will be the way I want it to be and all of the things? Or is it okay to hate it and find something else? Yeah, maybe. I always <laughs> okay. say, well, I, I'll say like a phrase I use a lot, which I feel like is a very chunked up phrase is like, find what works for you. Mm -hmm. But it's like the only way that you can find what works for you is if you have that moment. I went into the gym. I didn't like it. I went back into the gym. I didn't like it. I went back into the gym. Oh, I liked it. Okay. That works for me. It's mm -hmm. like people just want other people to tell them what to do. It's like, okay, this person said I should be in the gym five days a week, but like, I don't like it. And I'll mm -hmm. just, for me personally, like I haven't been in a gym since April. And that's just because I went to go visit a friend of mine. And he it was where, where he lived in South Carolina. It was really cold. And he's like, let's just go to the gym. I'm like, yeah, let's go. I used to love the gym. I was like obsessed with the gym. And then COVID came and we were doing a lot of stuff at home. And now I just realized like what works for me is to get moving in a way that works for me. And usually that's like a garage workout. I have some weights at home and some bands I like to use. I love to hike. I love to be outdoors. I like to ride the Peloton. I like to be on, on a bike. I think that gives me a really good sweat. But I think that the real, like, it's not a matter of me telling you, Jeremy, like, this is what you should be doing. It's you taking the time to show up to figure mm -hmm. out what works for you. And that goes for fitness and nutrition and habits and all the things. But I think that so often people think, okay, I have to do it this way. And if I don't, I'm a failure, mm -hmm. but then they don't take the time to really figure out what works for you. And I often say like, look left and right to see like, what people are doing so you can get motivated. It's like, I want people around me who are like doing their thing so I can look, but not so I can compare, not so I can be like, oh my gosh, they're deadlifting. Should I be deadlifting? They're doing yoga. Should I be doing yoga? She's vegan. Right. Should I? It's like, no, they're owning their thing and they're doing the thing. And that's inspiring for me, but I'm going to continue to show up day in and day out to kind of figure out what works for me. So yeah, maybe it's, I think that just trying something once and then being appalled by it, maybe give it like a couple times, but sure. you you know, I think the more that we work on ourselves and trusting ourselves, right? I always say we build self-trust by doing what we say we're going to do. You could walk into a situation and have that feeling like that's not for me one time, one and done and be over it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Why not? Right? right. I think we can all agree that not moving is not the answer. So right. as long as you're moving and doing something, it's great. And I think that they're just to be like uh, tactical too, is like strength training and resistance training of some form is very important, right? Mm -hmm. We can't just be like cardio junkies because that ends up like, just, we, we just kind of burn calories in the moment, but I feel like resistance training and, and of any form, whether it's using our body weight or home equipment or whatever we might have, it pays dividends later on, right? Yep. That lean muscle tissue supports our bones, supports our body, um, in ways that, you know, pay back. And I, I see that happen. I have clients, you know, all different ages, right. And we get to see those ones who have been consistently strength training and resistance training and doing things to strengthen their muscles. I mean, I think sometimes people think, oh, I got to do more cardio. I need to be like on the machine forever. And I think, yeah, I think a combination, whether it's in the gym or not of resistance training and then cardio training is, is where the, where the sweet spot is for mm -hmm. most people, yeah. but in different ways. I really, really like that answer. Uh, uh, yes. That was such a great answer. I loved it. That was such a good answer for Jeremy because I've been trying to get him to do 
something for a little while. And he's doing it. We are running short on time. So I want to ask you about your podcast. You have your own, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me about it. Yeah. So my podcast is called Self Love and Sweat the Podcast. And I always say it's a place to get inspired to live your life unapologetically, embrace your perfect imperfections and do what sets your soul on fire. And I just love either a lot of it is just me talking. Sometimes I have guests every now and then, which I like as well. But I think it's just, yeah, a place where I really can share not just kind of the social media quotes like motivation is not every day. So do the thing today. It's like, well, what does it mean and look like to do the thing? Or what does it mean to get fired up again? Or what does it mean to be consistent and stuff like that. So I feel like it's a very, um, yeah, a great place um, for, for me. Like it's been like a therapy, like therapy for me to be able to kind of share and show up in that way. I feel like it's really, it's really what I was meant to do, to be honest. I love to talk and I love to share that there. And then I've also had some really great conversations. I met some really awesome people through that. And I think that through conversation and through dialogue, we get to really kind of open up a lot of those kind of doors or hidden Tupperware containers that might've gone spoiled after a while that we just kind to push around. And so I love the podcast because I just think it's, yeah, I love to consume podcasts. I listen to podcasts all the time. And I think a lot of people who come to me too is like, I'm so busy. I don't got time. Da, da, da. Well, you can always pop some ear candy in your ears and just go for a walk or run your errands or listen to it while you're driving or whatever. And, and yeah, self-love and sweat is the name because those are two things that have really helped me in my life, both, both uh, personally and professionally. And I worked out a lot to try to deal with a lot of things. And I realized, it's not always about just like the sweat. It's also the self-love too. So it's kind of like this teeter-totter that I'm always um, seeking to find balance in and, and it's really beautiful. And so I just kind of share those stories on my podcast. Very cool. And where do we find that and more about you and your coaching services? Yeah. So self-love and sweat. The podcast is the name. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's available everywhere. And then, yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, I'm on Instagram at London, and you can find all uh, my coaching services on lifelikelondon.com. That was London Souza, host of the Self-Love and Sweat podcast. You can find all of the links to her and her work in the show notes for this episode at thefitmess.com. So many great takeaways in there and uh, a lot of reminders, frankly, about how you can't really get caught up on your goals. You have to focus on what the path to your goals is teaching you and really just enjoy the moment, enjoy the process of working toward those goals and realize that some of them, like self-love, could be a lifelong goal with no destination. You might never reach it, but the more you work toward it, the more peace I think you'll find and the more happiness you'll find in your life. And also, this is all very personal. Whatever self-love or self-acceptance means to you when you're on the treadmill and you're looking at the person next to you and going, oh, God, they're so much faster, they're so much better, whatever. The person who's climbing mountains while you're still out on your 30-minute walk every day, maybe that brings you as much joy as climbing that mountain that that other person does. So just really allow yourself to enjoy wherever you are in your process. I think that's only going to stimulate more growth on your path to self-love or acceptance, whatever it is you're aiming for. If you do want to start cultivating self-love, it can start with how you're feeding your body. You know, your body is your temple and it's part of you. Feed it the right stuff for it to be happy and healthy so that your mindset can follow along. I started taking athletic greens because I really needed to have a supplement that tasted great, gave me all the things that I needed. And I didn't want to have to take 10 pills a day or spend all of my time cooking all the meals. I try and get my nutrients from food, but let's face it, we don't get everything we need every day from food. So athletic greens was a great solution for me. It tastes great. Gives me everything I need. 
for more energy, better gut health, optimized immune system. It has less than a gram of sugar, and there's no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, and it actually does taste good. And for what you get, it's less than $3 a day. And right now is the time to incorporate better health, and Athletic Greens is a perfect start. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash fitmess. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash fitmess to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That link will be on the show notes, and it's plastered all over our website at thefitmess.com. And don't let the conversation about self-love end there. Find us in our Facebook group where you can join us and fellow Fit Mess listeners for monthly challenges, accountability to reach your goals, and connection with our community. That link is also at our website, thefitmess.com, where we will be back next week with a brand new episode featuring J.M. Thompson. He's the author of Running is a Kind of Dreaming, and he'll share why running is a powerful tool to manage not only your physical health, but your mental health as well. So much so, it literally saved his life. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about, and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.